Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here. I'm joined by Horace Cooper at the Black Conservative Summit. Mr. Cooper is a senior fellow with the National Center for Public Policy Research, chairman of the Project 21 National Advisory Board, and a legal commentator. The church, the natural family, and our democratic republic under attack like never before. What do we as Christians, as conservatives, do now? What's most important is that people understand that there's an actual threat. There is a very aggressive, long-term effort to undermine America as we know it. As Christians, one of the things that we need to understand, American Christians are one of the most powerful forces on the planet. American Christians are far more powerful in impact in terms of their ability to promote faith globally than all of Europe. In fact, all of Europe, all of Latin America, much of Asia, American Christians are far more powerful. When you want to talk about feeding people, when you want to talk about helping people who are hungry, when you want to talk about rescuing people in an emergency, American Christian support rivals that just American Christians alone is more than the entire support offered, say, by a country like Japan. It's economic support that it offers to people. Or, say, a country like Germany, it's economic support that it offers to people globally. American Christians are a major, major and powerful force. And as a consequence, when people see what Americans do when they're motivated by faith, it reminds people it's a great message. It's, in fact, a powerful missionary effort. Those forces opposed to Christianity, opposed to faith, they see this. And so what they are trying to do is tackle faith in America. And there has been a very successful push. Of course, Christianity has been pushed out of the classroom. Of course, Christianity is no longer promoted by Hollywood, by media. A mainstream media today is marginalizing faith. And in the public square, faith is being pushed to the periphery. Church Christian movement types during COVID went to New York City and offered to help assist people. And the faithless rejected that. Not because people didn't need help, because they didn't want to see Christians doing it. So the first thing that people need to understand is, it's not an accident, but there is an aggressive effort underway to marginalize people of faith. So we're marginalized. What do we do about it? You talk about the power of Christians. How do we harness that into action? Well, there is this world and there is the supernatural world. We're commanded to act as if the supernatural 
is the world that exists. And if we ignore, as what we should be trying to do, there's no reason to be ashamed. There's no reason to be embarrassed. Don't worry about that. Do the good thing. Do the right thing. Do the Christian thing. And it will break through. It's a multiplying effect. The point here is Christianity, American-supported, is prospering Christianity all over the globe. We need more of it here, but it's not true that our efforts aren't working. Our efforts are having a lot of success. Mainland China now has a major CCP, Chinese Communist Party, initiative to try to stamp out the Christian faith. You're seeing it in Afghanistan. You're seeing it in Pakistan. People of faith here in America are working and they're having an impact. We must redouble our efforts and do it here as well. It will work just as well. America is waiting for a major revival. We go about two generations or so since America's birth. We go about two generations and we have a major revival. We're ready for another major revival, but it's up to people of faith to do it, make it happen. When do we reach the boiling point and people really wake up? I'm reminded of the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and how God had planned for the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says to his faithful servant who worries that this destruction is going to harm his nephew Lot and his family. And he asks God, well, if there are several hundred people in this town who worship you and honor you, you wouldn't destroy it. And God says, no. Well, what if there were half as many? And God says, no. It's only upon realizing that there's probably only a couple that the reality sets in that Sodom and Gomorrah are going to be destroyed. Here's the good news. We're not a couple. We have millions and millions of us. And as long as that biblical principle exists, I'm not worried about America. We have the capacity to restore it. Ultimately, America, who has been the bulwark for faith on the planet, we enshrine in our Constitution the idea that government can't punish you because of your Christianity because of your faith. Very few other countries do that. Why? Because the people that founded this country understood that without a faithful people, without a people who understood godly precepts, government was always going to run amok. And they wanted to make sure that government could not be the tool of creating the very lack of godliness that exists. In other countries that don't have these protections, government can arrest you if you stand on a street corner and speak biblical truths to a people who haven't heard it but need to hear it. Beautiful chapels, beautiful buildings that were once places where God was honored and worshiped. All over Europe, they're largely empty. Many of them are museums. And so people, Christians, 
go into these areas, not in those buildings, they're not welcome there, and they speak out publicly. And you can get arrested for saying that all innocent life is sacred. You can get arrested for saying that God created from the beginning male and female. You can get arrested for suggesting that the best way for any society to organize itself is to be a society organized around Christian faith. Now, I'm not talking about communist countries. I'm talking about so-called liberal democracies. That's nearly impossible to happen in America because our founders put in the actual organizing document the government doesn't have the power to punish people because of their faith. But aren't we headed there? And I'm going to put part of the blame on our pastors who are silent on some of these subjects, these controversial issues about sexuality, the life issue, etc. They, they got to wake up and say, one of these days they'll be coming after your church. Well, there's no doubt that the church leadership, as well as the church membership, has to engage. But I see signs. Look at the Right to Life march in Washington, D.C. We set records. We continue to break records for people attending and standing up. What we see is in America... Bibles continue to outsell all other books. And in fact, there's a big push in America. You're seeing production companies that are forming particular types of movies with a value and an interest to a Christian audience. So I don't look at this and say the end is nigh. What I look at this is saying a major, a dramatic change is about to come across America. There are millions and millions of lives that need to understand the importance of restoration with their creator, their father in heaven. They're miserable lives that they live when they don't have that. And we, the church, are the ones to do that. We're doing it somewhat. We need to start doing it much more. I'm talking about here in America. We need to do in America what we're doing throughout Africa, what we're doing throughout Asia, what we're doing throughout the former Soviet Union. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. We will continue our conversation with Horace Cooper with Project 21 right after this. It's a big evening you don't want to miss. The Illinois Family Institute's Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet with best-selling author and nationally syndicated radio host Eric Metaxas. Friday, November 3rd at the Bolingbrook Golf Club. To attend, click events at IllinoisFamily.org. We're talking about religious freedom being constricted by the state. Will the church wake up and say, this is wrong? Eric Metaxas is the author of Bonhoeffer, Amazing Grace, and his latest book, Letter to the American Church, is a wake-up call for Christians to speak out and protect religious liberty. If you will speak up, things will change if we would but try. Eric Metaxas and the IFI Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet, Friday, November 3rd at the Bolingbroke Golf Club. To attend, click events at IllinoisFamily.org, IllinoisFamily.org. 
He won the race by choosing not to run. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. In 1924, Eric Little won an Olympic gold medal in the 400-meter race. As a devout Christian, Little decided to never race on Sundays. Imagine his dismay when he realized that his best race, the 100 meters at the Olympics, was scheduled for a Sunday. Well, Little withdrew to the derision of many Britons who thought he was being disloyal to his nation. He quickly pivoted to the 200 and 400-meter races, taking third in the 200 and claiming the gold in the 400. Little was the son of Scottish missionaries to China, and his story was memorialized in the film Chariots of Fire, which won the Oscar for Best Picture in 1981. Despite athletic success, Little returned to China the following year. During World War II, the Japanese took over his mission statement, placed him in an internment camp where he faithfully served Christ and others before dying of a brain tumor in 1945. Little's Olympic time decision was consistent with the life he lived and faithful service to Christ who made him for China but also made him fast. He ran every race, including the race of life, to feel God's pleasure. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here at the Black Conservative Summit, joined by Mr. Horace Cooper with Project 21. Tell us about Project 21. Project 21 is an organization made up of black Americans we are conservatives, we're moderates, we're libertarians. What we are not is progressives. Some of us may be Democrats, some of us are Republicans. The overwhelming direction that we go is considered a conservative faith-based approach. We believe the kinds of things that my grandmother, when my mother and father were young and they were trying to either finish their education or get their career started, they would drop us off, my brother and I, with my grandmother. And that woman was no nonsense. <laughs> she believed in the Creator, and she made sure that we understood that God was real, He was relevant, and it mattered what we did to conform our lives. We at Project 21 are made up of people who recognize that if you want a workplace where people act respectfully, act responsibly, they put in a lot of effort, you need a workplace where Christian or Judeo-Christian principles are in operation. The godless principle is, I do whatever I want, whatever makes me happy. And if you work in a workplace where that's the primary basis for operation, don't be surprised when one of the people sitting at a cubicle next to you is watching pornography instead of being at work. Don't be surprised if one of the other co-workers isn't coming in for an hour or two after the start time. People who don't practice the Judeo-Christian belief, they don't realize that's theft. The world is not about me. The world is about what am I doing with the skills and talents that I have that I can then use to promote a greater community, a greater family, a greater America. We at Project 21 believe in personal responsibility. We believe in strong families. We believe in limited government. We believe that the free market is the best way to allocate scarce resources. Now, I'm going to add this. One of the reasons that I'm here at the summit is because we don't want to spend our time beating a dead dog. Of course, there are problems, certainly in America, 
but especially in black America. What I want to do is work on how we improve. How do we achieve? How do we accomplish? How do folks connect with Project 21? So you can check us out at www.nationalcenter.org. You can watch us. Many of us are on television at least once a week, sometimes Fox News, sometimes Newsmax, sometimes One America News, or even a fine podcast like this. Our people are regularly making sure, and this is important, the left tells you that to be black is to be a radical progressive. And we want to make sure that people remember there have always been and there always will be within black America a view of the importance of faith, the importance of family, the importance of limited government, and the importance of hard work and the free enterprise system. One of the goals of this summit is to try to get the wheels rolling for some black unity, okay, black conservative unity. If that happens, how does that change America? I think a lot of that is happening in an organic fashion. In 2000, really no one paid much attention to the World Wide Web. Maybe you were already getting emails, but really you weren't getting text messages. There was certainly no social media to consider, and you used telephone. It was a lot easier for the mainstream media to say to be black is to be radically left. But it's harder to do that now. There are several hundred thousand men and women who happen to be black who are regularly on YouTube saying many of the same things that I'm saying, who are regularly on Facebook, who use Instagram. They have Twitter handles. You can't put this genie back in the bottle. And here's a sign of the progress. In 2008, 93% of black America voted for one of the most left-wing presidents America has ever had. What people haven't paid attention to is the percentage of blacks voting that way has dropped. In fact, Barack Obama's the first president in 100 years to win re-election and get fewer black votes the second time than he did the first time. This was not true of Richard Nixon. This was not true of Eisenhower. This was not true of Ronald Reagan. This was not true of George W. Bush. This was not true of Bill Clinton. Only Barack Obama. But since 2008, that number continues to drop. And there's a magic number coming. That magic number is 80%. 80%. If Democrats, progressives, the left can't get... 80% of the black vote. They cannot control the House of Representatives. They cannot control the United States Senate. You can't win Pennsylvania unless you're getting more than 80% of the black vote. You can't win New Jersey unless you're winning more. I'm talking about a blue state. You can't win that. You can't win Illinois, where we are, unless you're getting more than 80% of the black vote. You can't win the electoral college unless you're getting more than 80% of the black vote. And the number is getting closer and closer and closer. For Republicans to broaden their base in the African-American community, does Donald Trump 
have to be at the top of the presidential ticket. Our organization doesn't pick any political candidates. I personally wrote a great book I recommend to your audience. It's still available. It's called How Trump is Making Black America Great Again, and it talks about record numbers of black Americans reentering the workplace, record numbers of black Americans buying a brand new vehicle for the first time, record numbers of black Americans going on a vacation instead of what we got used to under Barack Obama, a staycation. You're broke, you got some time off, you stay at home. Under Donald Trump, record numbers of Americans went on a summer vacation. We saw in every measure of life, black Americans were achieving in amazing ways and it didn't require any sacrifice on the part of the rest of America. A rising tide lifts all boats. So black Americans actually gained faster during Donald Trump's four years than almost any other group and certainly more than Main Street America. We at Illinois Family Institute think it's high time for parents, especially Christian parents, to get their kids out of government schools. Do you agree that we need to get the kids out of the government schools? And if so, how do we make that happen? So one of the most popular ideas among black Americans is school choice. The idea that the funds for your education that government is already setting aside will now go to the parent for the parent's ability to make a choice where that child will go. That is wildly popular. Just as a quick aside, take your typical progressive, take your typical black American. Three times as many black Americans support the death penalty than your typical progressive. Five times as many black Americans support ending the unbelievable liberal immigration policies than your typical progressive. When you want to talk about gay marriage, again, it's a two to one. Black America and progressive America are simply not on the same page. The trend is our friend. Okay. I can see where it is going. And many black Americans are very unhappy that progressives have hijacked the political agenda, the interests of black America, middle-class families, working-class families, has gone to the back of the political bus. Now, I have a new book, was my publisher. It's Put Y'all Back in Chains, How Biden's Policies Harm Black America. What I want people to see, and I do it in both books, the wealth possibility that existed in black America even when America wasn't fair to black America because progressives weren't running the show. I demonstrate how there was a period of time when the person most likely to be born in a two-parent family was a black kid more than anybody else. The least likely to be in a federal prison was a black man. The lowest unemployment was a black man. These ideas have been pushed aside. And what I do in my book, I make sure people understand that I am going to talk about ideology, but I'm going to give you facts. And as we educate people, they get more and more and more. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. Put you back in chains, right? That's the title. Put y'all back in chains, 
how Biden's policies harm black America. Great things you think are in store for America, and Project 21 is helping to make that happen. Well, this is an amazing place. Our founders couldn't have done this without being inspired by God. And it's up to us to see to it that another 200 years goes by and there is an amazing, prosperous America to be shared with the next generation. If we're still here on planet Earth while that is happening, I want Project 21 to be one of the reasons why America continues to be a great force for good. Horace Cooper, thank you. God bless you and your work. Thank you so much. All right. A reminder, join the Illinois Family Institute and best-selling author and nationally syndicated radio host Eric Metaxas for IFI's Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet Friday, November 3rd at the Bolingbrook Golf Club. If you'd like to attend, click events at illinoisfamily.org or you can call 708 781 9328. We would love to see you there. Please support the work of IFI and Illinois Family Action. Sign up for IFI email updates at IllinoisFamily.org and tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit IFIAction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.